Because when you reconnect to the biology of who you are, you become vastly more powerful because you're nourished and you are a part of the flow of life. It takes so much energy to fight the natural flow of who you are. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. It's your girl, Carly. And today we're going to reverse engineer this episode a little bit. You know how at the end of each episode, I normally sign off by saying you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Well, this is our 41st episode. And I'd say it's about time to explain why I say that so consistently. So I cannot tell you how many women that I work with think that they have an energy problem, that they have a follow-through problem, or they have a brain fog issue or a focus issue, when really all they have is a professional nourishment problem. You see, it's so easy to think about the goals we want, right? So we set a goal, but without considering what nourishment you need in order to live into that goal, we usually don't get where we want to go. Or We do get there and we're so flippin' frazzled that we can't enjoy our win or our accomplishment that we just had. So we rest just enough to feel okay and we start the cycle over again, seeking this sense of having finally nailed something. And you can see how this just spirals again and again and again. And I want to say this, women have been brainwashed into giving everything away and then having nothing left for our careers or our health or our relationship. So let me give you an example of this. I took a workshop this past January, you know, back when we could take workshops in person. And there was a naval officer in my class as a fellow student. And she was wondering why it was so hard for her to make meaningful connections without secretly feeling competition between herself and the other naval officers when she was in training, and now that she's graduated and she's actually working on deck on a boat, right? So what was really important for us to pause and acknowledge was that she was ingrained in a system of following orders, right? So our military system, it's structured as a hierarchy, meaning that there's a boss at the top and other people work underneath their orders. Now, she was conditioned to compete to earn her place, And this isn't all bad, right? This weeded out the folks during basic training and then ongoing when the rest of her training, the folks that would have cracked under the pressure in real life and death situations. So it has its place. But what she was realizing was that the same sense of having to compete and do better than other people that got her some success, allowed her to become a naval officer, was also making her career and her ability to have meaningful connections really unsustainable. So her do the most or else conditioning was literally sinking her ship, right? So before you go thinking that there's something wrong with you, I just want to float this out there. If you relate to this idea of having brain fog or getting stuck on follow through or feeling like you start things, but then don't always finish them. Has it ever occurred to you that maybe there's not something wrong with you and that instead there's something wrong with the system that's sucking you dry? 
Perhaps you're running on an empty tank and you just need a little bit more nourishment to keep on going, to replenish you. So maybe thinking harder, if that just seems like it's not possible, you're already thinking hard enough, you're already pushing yourself hard enough. I want to offer you this idea that rather than thinking harder, we begin to tend gently. And rather than having to hyper-focus, we actually soften the edges of our focus. We expand our sense of nourishment so that you don't have to do it all. You can just do a few things really well. And I want you to think about it like this. You might have heard me tell this story before, this metaphor before, but I'm going to do it again. So imagine that you're coming over to my house for a warm cup of tea on a winter's day, right? And I had a fancy teacup with a saucer underneath it. And I was pouring you this hot, delicious, nourishing beverage. And at some point, if I continued to pour, 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 it would fill the cup and eventually it would spill over into the saucer, right? Now, women who thrive professionally understand that what is in the cup is only ever for you. And what we share with other people in our careers and in our relationships is what is in the saucer. That's what we can afford to give. So my intention for this call is to share with you the nourishment that we all need to spark the soul of your best career and your best work. Here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to talk first briefly about what element might be missing from your days when you notice that your professional mojo is starting to wane, when you notice that you're not consistent or you're just exhausted. This element is essential for realivening yourself. Then we're going to go over four very specific very simple yet unconventional ways that you can refill your professional cup on the fly. So you've got that energy, you've got that focus, you've got that zest to get to what you care about in less time without (laughs) pushing harder. So first, I just want to give a shout out to all of my high achieving listeners out there. You might have got the episode that we did months ago at the beginning of COVID where we talked about the three H's of COVID response for those of us who are rather driven. And those three H's were hiding, hula hooping, and hyper productivity. Hiding mean you just want to get under the covers. You can't watch the news or be on social media for a second. It's just too much. You just want to retreat. Hula hooping is when you're doing little bits of all sorts of tasks, but none of them are getting done. So you're just kind of flying back and forth, doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. But at the end of the day, you're exhausted. And yet you don't feel like you have anything complete and whole to share for it. And then the third one is hyper-productivity, which really speaks for itself. It's this sudden urge to do the most, to grab the reins, to be the leader, and to guide everybody else. And what I want to point out is that none of these three things is a problem in and of itself, right? They're all totally appropriate responses to do when we do them consciously. But what I'm noticing right now, and I just got off the phone with a dear client in England, and he really highlighted for me that a lot of high achievers who did the hyper-productivity thing at the beginning of covid You stepped up to be the leader because people counted on you and that actually felt really natural and really appropriate. You felt surprisingly good a few months ago. You are only now beginning to feel the backlash, right? Maybe you're now exhausted. You're really spent. You're feeling particularly emotional and it's perplexing because everybody else around you is like opening back up, right? Or they're getting, or they're over this whole resting thing and they wish they could be doing more, right? So your experience might be really different. So I just want to give a shout out to you if this relates just offer you a little bit of grace, right? For being here in this community where we can talk about things other than just pushing harder in order to be productive in the world. So let's get started. I'm gonna talk briefly about what element you might be missing from your days that begins to mess with your professional mojo. 
What is missing for most of us when we feel cooked to a crisp and we don't have anything left to offer is our connection to our very elemental nature. Literally. We are human beings. We are actually animals. We are part of nature. And just like the rest of nature, we have rhythms. We have cycles. We have a need sometimes to store things, and then sometimes we have a need to release things and cut them loose. And those primal biological needs, they do not give a flying hoot about what's on your work calendar. They don't care about what you've scheduled for your day. You are going to feel the way you feel because it is the natural response or rhythm of your body. And I want you to know this much. The way you are feeling, your natural rhythms and cycles are not here to mess up your work. They are here to inform it, right? However, our regular calendar has not been designed to take into account our natural rhythms. Our calendar are designed like as if we're robots, right? As if we could schedule in all of our needs. Here's a meeting. Here's where I get to 20 minutes where I get to process this emotional thing that just happened, but then I'll have lunch. Then I'll have another meeting and then I'll talk to a friend and blah, 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 blah. As if, as if we could live in a linear predestined line, right? So I do actually want to give a shout out to Kate Northrup and I get no kickback for that, but she did design a planner that does take into account your body's natural rhythms, the do less planner. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But there's also some really simple ways that we can begin to leverage our biology professionally on the fly. Because when you reconnect to the biology of who you are, you become vastly more powerful because you're nourished and you are a part of the flow of life. It takes so much energy to fight the natural flow of who you are. So when you stop fighting the natural way you actually feel, (laughs) all of that energy can now be channeled into what you care about. It takes a lot of energy to resist what's true. But when you honor it, now all that energy can go into your work or your relationships or taking care of your health, right? Which are all areas that we want to do well in. So when I talk about right off the bat, the element that is missing from our days, when we notice that our professional mojo is waning, it is usually the honest acknowledgement that we have natural rhythms, just like the rest of nature. And just like the rest of nature, we actually need to be nourished in order to do well. And when I say nourished in my practice, we often talked about this as being fully resourced, right? You want to have all the resources, like who doesn't want to have as many resources available to you as possible? That just makes sense, right? You can only do well if you've got a full cup, right? So let's go over the four pillars of being a fully resourced career woman. These are very simple ways to refill your professional cup on the fly. The first one, and they're in no particular order other than that, this is the order that speaks to me. You decide what speaks to you. But pillar number one of being fully resourced is to remember your body. Put your feet on the ground. Here's what I mean when I say that. It is essential that many times during the day, we let the rest of you, meaning your mental game, your emotions, all of your thoughts, catch up to your physical body, right? How many times have you been in a room physically, but mentally you're totally someplace else, right? You're thinking about something totally different. So this letting ourselves remember our body is essential because it helps us understand our existence in the context of the larger picture. Both the larger picture of your life and your career, but in the larger picture of our collective humanity. 
So what happens for those of us who forget that we have a physical body, and we've all been there, we've all done that, is we get caught up in the wants and needs of others. And the next thing you know, we're spending all day long putting out little fires and still not feeling like we're getting where we want to get to, right? So we have to remember the bigger picture. And tapping back into your physical body goes a long way with that. So that could look as simple as right now, if it's safe, if you're not driving, put your hand on your own beating heart. Can you feel the pulse of the rhythm of your body? And maybe you can put your feet on the ground outside barefoot or with your shoes on right where you're sitting indoors, wherever you are. And I want to tell you a wild and true story of your body. There were some great studies that came out a number of years ago that helped us understand the way blood vessels are formed in us when we're in the embryonic stage, when we're just developing. So it always made sense that our body would develop blood vessels and then blood would begin to flow through those vessels, right? Vessels comes first and then blood pumps through them. But what we actually know to be true now that we have the ability to see an embryo develop is that every single human and their initial developmental stages of life has their own natural rhythmic flow to the way fluid moves throughout their body. So blood and other fluids begin to circulate in their own pattern, in their own swirls. And then the body comes in and builds blood vessels around the natural flow of your body. Now, this is a concept we talk a lot in my private practice or in the Reclaiming Time Studio, the group coaching program that I run for women. Because what happens for a lot of us accidentally is we try to squeeze our natural flow, our body's own unique rhythms into the structure dictated to us by other people. And the goal for a lot of us when we want to reclaim our zest, our passion, our focus is to begin to create structures and systems around your natural flow. So rather than trying to squeeze you into a career or a business that's been predetermined by somebody else, our goal is to begin to liberate you and to create this beautiful, malleable structure that gives you support for what actually gives you life. So pillar number one of being a fully resourced woman is to remember your body and its natural rhythms, and the flow within it. There is information here. Some people call it their gut instinct. They call it a hunch. They call it their intuition. You call it your higher wisdom. Whatever feels true for you, but within your body, as one of my favorite writers says, my body is my compass. It does not lie. That was Terry Tempest Williams. There is incredible knowledge that we want to pay attention to. So when your body's flaring up, when you're getting muscle cramps, when you're getting a migraine, when you're getting other perplexing health symptoms that perhaps you've been to the doctor for and there's nothing technically wrong or your existing conditions are flaring up, this is information. This is not a sign that something is wrong with you. It is a sign that you are being called back to your elemental nature to be a more fully resourced human and worker in the world. Having women to talk to that can understand, you know, what I'm going through, especially the business part. I think that's really the big shift, having that tribe there. There's so much wisdom, collective wisdom that has come out of this group. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I've been given to be a part of this group. It's always helped me grow and to continue evolving as a human being, as a professional. 
Um, and for that, I'm eternally grateful. A part of what feels very authentic about our group is that I don't sense any level of comparison or competition. Everybody is so supportive and supported in exactly where they're at and celebrated for that. These are the voices of real women in the Reclaiming Time studio, the group coaching program I run that guides career-driven women that own their own businesses from being people-pleasing, rule-following, overachievers that secretly feel behind and know that they're capable of more, to finally having the time and energy to get to what you care about without feeling pulled in 10 directions ever again. We use proven methods and sisterhood that gives you the resources, clarity, and confidence to have the best career relationships and health of your life. But I want to say this, if all the change that has happened during this time of COVID is on you like heat on a jalapeno, maybe we should talk for a moment. Because Reclaiming Time Studio was important before all these global shifts. It took real gumption to have clarity and boundaries and a solid professional plan that could evolve as quickly as our economy was. So now it takes like some next level ninja skills to have the time and energy and framework to get to what you care about so that you can both make progress and enjoy what's good in the present moment. So if you run your own business and you want to increase your earnings and your nourishment at the same time, or know a woman that does all while having more space in your days for what gives you life, then head on over to carlyfane.com to get the full scoop and apply. Doors open on August 10th and enrollment will close by August 21st. We only take 20 women because the secret to my professional success is that when others go big and wide and fancy, we go deep and intentional together. It was worth every dime I paid for it, and it changed my life. Pillar number two of being a fully resourced career woman is to remember the land. Learn the history and current context of the land on which you work. So, What I mean when I say that is maybe you work in an office or right now you're working at home or you work in a shop in some giant strip mall or you work at an airport. Maybe you work on a farm, wherever it is that you work is also where you are living part of your life. Where you work is also where you are living. And knowing the land that you are on is an immediate way to be connecting to something meaningful For the land is what is literally giving you your livelihood, right? So in the United States, for example, where I live, most of the land has been stolen and continues to be colonized by white settlers from the traditional territory of indigenous communities that were here for many, many, many generations before white people arrived. So where I live in particular, it's the Leni Lenape people, it's the Susquehannock people who were here for more generations than white people have been in what we now call the United States. So eventually this land, it became farmland for German settlers in Pennsylvania. And for a lot of people, they continue to farm this land. I am surrounded right now. I'm looking out over a massive field of corn and mountains in the distance here. Knowing this land and its history, again, gives broader context to the meaning and the purpose of our days. So I want you to consider, you know, specifically, what is the history of the land you are on? 
A dear friend of mine, Susie Banks-Baum, who was on the episode we did about trusting your knowing, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. She gave me a great resource recently, nativeland.ca. I'll put a link to this in the, in the resource. They have great information about where indigenous cultures originated, where they thrive for many years, where they continue to thrive, where they continue to do well, so that you can see a map that removes all of the lines of a conventional map and lets you see the original natural flow of the way humans walked the earth. And to give you a little cultural context from the land you're on and who has been a steward of that land even before you got there. So feel free to go check that out. It's fascinating. And I think it's really important as part of our global healing from all sorts of things that we acknowledge the truth of how we came to live on the land we're on. Another thing you can do to acknowledge the land you're on is to consider something as simple as where does my drinking water come from? So right now I'm working from home during this time of COVID and we have a well on the farm. So my drinking water is literally coming from the soil outside of my door But maybe you have a pipe running to where you are at your house or in your workplace. Where is that pipe coming from? Where is the reservoir of water that's being collected that goes into giving you life every single day? Another very simple thing you can do to remember the land is to notice the papers on your desk. Can you pick up a piece of paper, a post-it note, a binder, a loose sheet for a moment and hold it with reverence and consider that this piece of paper began as a seed that grew into a large tree. And that tree knew rain and sun and wildlife and storms, and likely it knew heat and cold before it came to live on your desk. This paper lived. It was alive. It was a breathing being, right? Not breathing oxygen the way we do, right? But breathing other gases. And now, you give it new meaning with the words and designs that you create on it. So the second pillar here of nourishment isn't about doing anything other than remembering the land you are on, acknowledging the history and the current context of the land that gives you and your job life. Pillar number three of being a fully resourced career woman is remembering presence tending to beauty. Now, beauty matters for a multitude of reasons. And I think sometimes it's easy to look at it like it's frivolous, right? Like beauty is, I don't know, your shade of lipstick or your style of hair, which are absolutely elements of beauty. There was a great TED talk where Theaster Gates talked about how to revive a neighborhood with beauty and imagination and art. And I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. But today I want to just share one thing specific about tending to beauty as it relates to our career. Because I want to be clear, this is not nice. (laughs) It is not just some frivolous thing we do. Tending to beauty is essential because having beauty around you reflects back the infinite amount of creativity in the world. And that is important, right? We're all looking for creative solutions right now. We're all looking to come up with new ideas and to be good problem solvers and to be reminded of beauty. In my own experience here, is that when we tend to beauty, we are in a state of presence. We aren't wasting energy in the mental circuit of what we should have gotten done or what we need to do later. When we tend to beauty, we are in this very moment. And so one of the reasons we can have a job or a life that looks really good on paper, but we're struggle to actually be fulfilled by it, 
is because we get stuck thinking about progress and we forget about how to be with and enjoy the present moment, right? So when I say tending to beauty, I mean something as simple as creating an unofficial altar on your desk or your workspace. And this could literally mean bringing in a dandelion from a strip of grass outside of your house or your or your office place, right? Or this could mean going outside and selecting a rock that feels solid and strong and holding it in your hand from time to time throughout the day. Or one of my other favorite things to do, which again comes from Susie, is to collect a small pile of a few sticks. Get them down to be like three or four inches in size. Remember Lincoln Logs from when we were a kid? Have that small pile of sticks on your desk and doodle with them throughout the day when you're on Zoom calls or when you're doing phone calls. So rather than just writing things down on that precious paper, you're actually moving around objects of nature, almost absentmindedly. But again, your body is remembering its elemental nature. Or if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen some of the mandalas that I like to make. And mandalas are kind of the sacred creation of what I use, natural elements, to create something beautiful and unexpected without any pre-designed plan. I'm going to put a link to some of the mandalas that I've liked to create. I love it when you tag me in the mandalas that you are making. That is so cool. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And I would love to see what you've created on your desk as you tend to beauty. Now, the fourth pillar of being a fully resourced career woman is remembering a community of sisterhood. This is the one where I just get really real and to the point. So living in a world where white supremacy and the patriarchy and colonization have been the norm in many places for centuries has taught us that we must listen to rich, self-appointed white men who have deemed themselves as the leader of all things, right? Not to listen to ourselves, rather to default to these other self-appointed leaders. And part of the design of those systems and its brilliance is that it removes us from the land. It removes us from our body, removes us from beauty, and it removes us from each other. And when we are detached from the land and from our bodies and from beauty and from a sense of meaningful sisterhood, we become detached from ourselves. We forget what we know to be true or we sense what's true and then we circumvent that knowing, right? So we overwork and maybe we do have some success, but it's never going to be enough if we don't feel connected to that which gives us life. And it's just so easy. You don't need me to tell you how simple it is to get swept up in the world of busy and forget what gives us life, right? So it's the default culturally in most places is to get caught up in all the must-haves and the must-dos that we need to get to and forget to tend to what is already good, forgetting to acknowledge what is already working and what we really care about and what we already know. So having a network of women that honor themselves and the land and beauty as part of their professional strategy is what reminds us to tap back into our resources too. And this is why I've created groups like the Reclaiming Time Studio, which I do hope you'll apply for while the doors are open if it speaks to you, because it's essential that we no longer do business as usual. Business as usual is outdated. It is not taking us the places we want to go. Our goal, women who thrive in our careers, health, and relationship, is not to do business as it has been, but to create business as it could be. Because we can work for an actual living, not in the cliche way, 
right? But for the purpose of actually bringing forth life. And this is a feminine characteristic. So know that also, you know, right here, that these episodes in and of themselves are a sisterhood. And I encourage you to actively engage with me. So listening is great. And you listen for as long as you want to listen. But when you're ready or when you have some inkling that you want to have more authentic connection and that you want to be around other people who help you feel fully resourced, I hope you'll reach out. You know, join me in some of the conversations that I have online. Leave a comment, tag me in a post, come to the free podcast pajama parties we do every season, right? To gather together with women that get it. So let me give you kind of a starting place right here as we talk about this fourth pillar around sisterhood. Here's one place you can actively start to connect both with yourself and with others is my two-way Q&A segment here. So I want to know from you, what is one thing that stood out in this episode? If I recap, maybe it's one of the four pillars of being a fully resourced career woman, remembering your body, remembering the land, remembering presence as you tend to beauty, and remembering that you are made to be in a community of sisterhood Or maybe it's something else that either you heard me say or that bubbled up from within you. Take a screenshot of this episode or of something else that's related to it and tag me in it. Tell me what is landing for you, either on social media or leave a review on iTunes, which helps the show do well. It helps other women tune in. And I'll tell you, thanks to your reviews on iTunes, we are now being listened to by over 8,000 women all over the world. This really is the community that I was hoping we could be. And I want to continue making sure that this kind of information is available to more women. So if you want community, this podcast community is definitely one place to start because my goal is definitely not to be some sage on the sage who spouts wisdom. (laughs) Being an expert is a lot of pressure. My intention is that you join me in remembering who you really are. And we put who you really are into your work. Because once you begin to hear your own wisdom, this will set you apart from everybody else in your industry. And it's how you'll be able to both enjoy the present moment and be making progress at the same time. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep prioritizing what you value, including yourself. And I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.